Hallelujah. Come on, does anybody believe that? Come on, does anybody in Salinas believe that? Anybody in Clovis believe that? Uh, anybody in Madeira believe that? Come on. How about anybody in the valley? Do you believe that? How about anybody in the state of California? How about anybody in the United States? Do we believe that it can be better? Oh, I hope you have come to help me preach today because I can hear you if you're online or if you're in the building. Amen. Well, let's just dive right into this. You can be seated. Thank you, worship team. Give it up for our worship team. What an outstanding job today, guys. Outstanding. Absolutely outstanding. Mm. We're going to receive of the tithes and offerings at the end of service. We'll conclude with the song, worship song, and we'll do it like we typically do and even take communion. Uh, we do have some gifts for you if you'll stay to the end, if you feel like you need to leave at any time, you can, you can do that. We're not going to be mad at you for doing that, but we're going to make sure we take our time and, and get done what God has ordained this moment uh, to be. So um, you can prepare yourself as far as giving. There's envelopes in the seat back Many of you give through technology, and, and uh, just let me say up front, we're so grateful for the generosity, the faithful givers of this house. Celebration would not be here if it wasn't for the tithers and givers, and uh, we just want to say on behalf of the staff, we're so grateful uh, to be able to serve such a uh, tremendous, tremendous body a faithful, committed body that understand that when you give, you're helping people to get saved and receive Jesus. That's why we give around here. So we'll do that at the end of the service, and, uh, and I just believe that God's going to do something. In 2 Kings chapter 8, I'm going to go ahead and read our text today, and uh, beginning with verse 1. It says, Then Elisha spoke to the woman whose son he had he had restored to life, saying, Arise and go, you and your household, and stay wherever you can. For the Lord has called for a famine, and furthermore, it will come upon the land for seven years. So the woman arose and did according to the saying of the man of God, and she went with her household and dwelt in the land of the Philistines seven years. It came to pass at the end of seven years, I'm going to read that again, just in case you missed it. It came to pass at the end, the end of the seven years, that the woman returned from the land of the Philistines, and she went to make an appeal to the king for her house and for her land. Let, let me make a side note here in reading of this text. That's an important statement. Because when she left because of the famine, that meant she lost her house. She lost her land. She lost everything she had. Somebody had taken over her farm, her house, her land. So she's going back to make an appeal for it after the famine. Then the king talked to Gehazi, the servant of the man of God, saying, Tell, please, tell me, please. Tell me, please, all the great... Let, let me back. I think I missed a verse there. Verse 3, it came to pass at the end of seven years that the woman returned from the land of the Philistines, the famine's over, and she went to make an appeal for the king, to the king, for the house and for her land. Then the king talked to the Gehazi and the servant of the man of God, saying, tell me, please, all the great things Elisha has done. 
Now it happened as he was telling the king how he had restored the dead to life. That there was the woman whose son he had restored to life, appealing to the king for her house and for her land. And Gehazi said, My lord, O king, this is the woman, and this is her son whom Elisha restored to life. And notice verse 6. And when the king asked the woman, she told him, so the king appointed a servant officer for her, saying, Restore all. Restore, restore all that was hers and all the proceeds of the field from the day that she left the land until now. I have to read that last verse one more time in case you, in case you, you miss it. Recover all that was hers and. So she got all and. I said she got all and. She, she just didn't get all. She got all and. Oh, I like that. All the proceeds of the field from the day that she left the land until now. Let me read that last verse out of the message translation. Make sure she gets everything back that's hers. Plus all, plus all, plus all profits from the farm from the time she left until now. And then Job chapter 8, verse 7, even though you're not much right now, <laughs> even though you're not much right now, go ahead and slap your neighbor. It's, say he's talking about you right now. Go ahead and slap your neighbor. Say, that's talking about you. So let us tell somebody that's, that's talking about you right now. Even though you're not much right now, you'll end up better than... Ever. Somebody shout better than ever. Better than ever. Um, I have a question. I'm going to start this way today. I, I have a question for you in this room online, Salinas there. Here's the question I want to start this message with today. It, it's just simply this question, can it get better? Now, now don't, don't, don't do the religious thing and answer that real quick. Um, the question is, in your life, let, let's be real, let's be, I, I know we're at church, but we can be real and honest. <laughs> we don't have to be phonies, right? I know we fake it when we come to church, like we're all that and a bag of chips. But, but in your life, where you're at right now, if we was to ask you the question, what would be your answer to, can it get better than it is right now? in my life. As believers and people of faith, we all know, like I was just referring to, the religious answer to that. It's kind of a given, right? We go, well, yeah, we're in church. Well, absolutely. You know, God can do it all. He's, he's, he's a God of impossibilities. Well, absolutely. It, it, it can get better. We'd all say yes, especially on a Sunday morning to that. But come Monday, if we could hear you, Come Tuesday when you're having that argument with the wife. Come Wednesday when it seems like the business isn't working very good. Come Thursday when they're flipping you off, when you run that person off the road. I'm not so sure we'd be answering it all the same way as we would do 
on a Sunday morning with our religious outfits on. Several weeks ago, I began to ponder this question. I was having a real moment with God, being really real with, with, with God. And I think this just happens as you get older, right? You just kind of, you kind of look at life a little bit differently, right? Um, and I begin to ask God, um, God, is this as good as it gets? God, can, can it get better? Now, now, the shock of this, I was actually in the mountains of Idaho asking these questions. I was on one of the, t one of the highest. I was like 8,000 feet up in the middle of nowhere. We were doing some management of animals up there. And my particular guide was helping me to try to find what I was trying to find. And it was sub-zero degree weather. And in that cold where, where I was freezing, I had a moment on a rock and even forgot where I was. In fact, my guide had to come and tap me on the shoulder. And when I looked up at him, my, my, my face is just red. I'd been crying and weeping and he thought I was actually having a nervous breakdown, and he said, oh, I'm sorry, man, I'll, I'll leave you alone, whatever's going on. And I had to explain it to him later that I was actually having a moment, moment with God because I was saying, God, God, is this as good as it gets? God, can it, can it get any, any better? Do, do I have enough time? Hmm. I, I don't know what your excuses are or what you're, you know, what, what you're facing that you have to overcome to figure out if it can really be better. But I was having that moment. God, is this as good as it gets? Can, can it get any, any better than this? And as I was pondering that question in the, in, in the middle of nowhere on the top of a mountain, it was snowing and it was cold. And, and it, was, wasn't, it was like I wasn't even there. And, and on the inside of my heart, I heard the Lord speak, not in an audible way, but the way the Lord speaks to me. And as I was asking God, does it get better in my spirit? I sense God emphasized these three words. Not only can it get better, but better than ever. Those three words, better than ever when I heard them, because I know the voice of God. I've, I've been following God a long time. This church is here because of the voice of God. And when I heard him say those three words, I broke. Like, really, God? You might be shocked to think that I, I, I'm, I'm the pastor, and I'm, I'm, like, shocked that it can get better. But, you see, I wasn't in church that day and doing the religious thing. I was being real with God. And God said, better than ever. These are the three words that I believe God is giving us for this upcoming year. Better than ever. Uh, better than it's ever been. So, so, so even if your life is really, 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 really good right now, the word for you is that it can even be better. Because I'm aware that, you know, people are at all different stages of life. But, but maybe you're here and it's been bad, it's been difficult, hard, disappointing. 
Maybe, maybe you've had some ashes in your life. Maybe some sorrow, some, some heaviness. I've come to encourage somebody here today. Somebody needs to hear me. It's getting ready. It's getting ready to get better. Come on, somebody. It's getting ready to, to get better. And this is why I'm here today. I've, I've come to remind somebody that you are a person of faith. You're a person of great faith. Therefore, you're not waiting to see something before you say something. Oh, I don't know if you heard that. People of faith, we don't wait to see something before we say something because we got to say it before we see it. Mark 11, 22 says, it says, it says, whosoever shall say unto the mountain, be removed. Say, 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 say unto the mountain, be removed, cast and see, and believes in his heart that those things that he says shall be done. He shall have what he says. You don't get it until you say it. I said, you don't get it. People of faith, no, we have to say it before we see it. Let the weak say, I am strong. Don't, don't say you're weak because you want to get strong, right? So you, the Bible says you don't say I'm weak. You say I'm strong. You don't say I'm sick. You say I'm the healed of the Lord because what you're doing is you're calling in what you want. You've got to say it before you see it. And that's a whole other message, and we'll get into that maybe later in the month, but I've come to awaken some faith people in this building, in this room, in this moment, there in Salinas, on the other side of these cameras, that just like our God, who declares the beginning from the end, or the end from the beginning, who calls those things that be not as though they are, we are to put, as God's people, we are to put God's promises in our mouth, not to ignore the problems, but to bring forth God's promise in every problem. You're not going to change your problem unless you change your mouth. Good, good, yes. Um, um, um. All right. I'm going to jump ahead, but I haven't come here with a New Year's resolution. I've come with a word of Almighty God. This isn't a slogan. This isn't some cute catchphrase. This is the word of God that we got to get in our heart and we got to get in our mouth and we got to say it until we believe it and we got to say it until we see it. It's going to be better than ever. Mm. That's how faith works. This is how faith responds. This is how faith people live their lives. These are the words that we're going to put in our mouths and in our heart when they ask us, how are you doing? We say, <laughs> you're catching on already. This is going to be good morning. When, when, when they ask, how's life going for you? We say, better than ever. When they ask, how are you feeling? Oh, I'm just so sick. I'm just so under the weather. No, 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 no. You already got that, and you've had that a long time, but it's time to come out. I said, it's time. I said, it's time. It's time to come out. When they say, how are you doing, right? How are you feeling? We say, come on, I want to hear Selena. Shout better than ever one more time. So when they ask, how's your finances? <laughs> Oh, I feel Jesus in this place right now. When they ask, how's the marriage? <laughs> Can't talk trash about the wife anymore? No, better than ever. Can't talk trash about the fat husband? No, better than ever. 
I should have said lazy, right? Use that fat word again. No more emails, please. No more emails. When they ask, how's the kids doing? <laughs> Come on, when they ask, how are things between you and the Lord, you say, when they say, hey, how's that church doing that you go to? Hey, hey, that, that young pastor over there, that guy that doesn't seem like he ages, how's that pastor doing over there? What do we say? Yeah, you just tell them the whole scoop. You say, better than ever, right? When they ask, hey, how's the dream team doing over there? Oh, it's so hard. You know, they just overwork us. Life is miserable. I have a job all week long, and then I got to go work another job. No, 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 no. When, when they ask you how the dream team is doing, oh, we're healed. We're blessed. We're prosperous. Hey, we're better than ever. Come on. When they ask how, how's the youth doing, we say, how's the college ministry doing over there? Come on. How's the children's ministry doing over there? Come on, how's the worship at celebration? This is our answer for every area of life. Again, this is not a New Year's resolution. This is our faith response. This is our answer to the questions, can it get better? Celebration, I'm asking you, I'm asking you this year, get this in your heart, get this in your mouth, these words of faith, because they are our marching orders. At the end of the service, I'm going to give you some wristbands that say, better than ever. This is not a New Year's resolution. This is, this is, your, 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 this is your reminder. This is the reason why I wear these. This is a reminder that when somebody asks me a question and I want to say, oh, I'm just so sick, I say, oh, I'm better than ever. Huh? We're going to get these words because they're words from heaven. I said they're words from heaven. They're words from the Bible, right? I've already, I've already showed you that. We're going to get these words in our heart. We're going to get these words in our mouth. There are marching orders for this year, for 2023 and beyond. Let's put these words to work and watch our good God do good things, do great things, even better than ever things in our lives like never before. So if you want a wristband, it's just a, you know, just a reminder. We'll be giving those out at the end of service. That's kind of the setup, my experience that I had back in November. Now I want to take you into the Word and show you how this is God's heartbeat. Um, this, this is why I know that things can be better than ever, and we're not just a wishing and a hoping. No, no, we, we can know that, that things can be better than ever. Why? Because God is a God of restoration. This is why I'm so passionate and I'm so, I'm so confident today that, that, that I, don't, I don't know how crazy it's been for you the last few years, but get ready. If we'll do what I'm teaching right now, I'm here to tell you it's a setup for a life that's better than ever. Why? Because we serve a God who's a God of restoration. It's who He is. It's what He is all about. Did you know the whole Bible 
is a story of redemption, a story of restoration. It's a book about what was lost and how God got it all back by sending His Son, Jesus, to save lost humanity. Restoration, that's what God is all, all about. I don't know that the church really, truly understands what it means for God's restoration to hit your life. Because I think our concept of rest, restoration is kind of uh, what we think is found in the Webster's Dictionary, because Webster's Dictionary, or the English Dictionary, uh, defines the word to restore this way, to return it back to its original condition. The word restore or restoration means to, 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 to return it back to its original condition. It would mean to repair or it would mean to replace. <laughs> but that's not what the Bible word restoration means. And if we stop with Mr. Webster or Mr. English, we're going to be stuck. You see, the word restore in the Bible doesn't mean to repair or replace to the original condition. When the Bible talks about restoration, it always carries the idea that what God gives back into your life always gets greater and better and more. The, 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 Bible, the, the Bible gives promise that, that restoration, when it's given back, can be double. In fact, go, read, go study double in your Bible because that word a lot of times could just be translated restoration. The Bible says when God's working restoration in your life, it comes back into your life double or twice as much. And the Bible says even up to seven times greater in your life. Biblical restoration, a great definition of, of biblical restoration could be this to make it better than it's ever been. That, that's, that's how you define restoration in scriptures. It's to make it better than it's ever been. It doesn't necessarily mean to replace what was, but it does mean to make it better than it's ever been. Now, now please listen, because this is where so many people get confused and so many people get stuck in, in the pain of life. It's the it's reason why I'm taking a little bit of time to make sure we really define this word because if we just define it as God replacing and repairing something, then, then we're going to get stuck in our pain. But when God says, I'm going to restore, he's not talking about repairing and replacing. He's talking about doing something greater and bigger and better in your life. Because here's what we got to understand in this life. Some things cannot be replaced. But it can always be made better. Come on, let that sink in. You see, sometimes you can't start over, but you can always start again. Are you here? And that new beginning can always be better. Restoration in the Bible is not about being the same, it's always about being better than ever. Are you hearing me? Why is that so important? 
The reason why restoration with God is so important to your life is that without restoration, you will live your life with a sense of loss, a sense of sadness, and a sense of regret because of what life has thrown at you. But you see, without that restoration, if God doesn't restore your life, if you don't allow God to restore and do what He wants to do to make your life better, you'll stay, you'll stay stuck. And, and even in the happy moments of your life, you won't enjoy them because you'll still have that sense of loss, that pain that will always continue to rob you, continues to take from you. God wants to work restoration to move you forward, to get you unstuck. Yeah, 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 maybe it cannot be the same, but it can always be better. And if you're willing to take that journey of restoration with God, you'd be shocked at what God can do in a day, in a month, in a year, if you're willing to take the journey called restoration that God has for you. I'm here to tell you, you can't carry or you can't afford to carry the loss. You can't afford to carry the regrets of your past into your future. You need God's restoration. God's restoration removes the loss, the regret, and the pain and makes things better than they've ever been. I, I've just come to tell somebody, because if we, we're honest, there's, there's been a lot of pain for a lot of people the last three years in our nation. But I've come to tell somebody that it can be better than ever. I'm talking about your life, your relationships, your marriage, your family, your career, your finances, your, your health. Regardless what's been lost in your life, if you'll allow the God of restoration to come into your life and move you forward, you'll be shocked how good it can be. It's shocking to me that restoration could be defined as better than ever. And here you serve a God of restoration. Let, let me, as I'm just teaching this part this morning, let me just give you quickly some things that God has promised to restore in your life. Just go through a few of these real quickly because this is not the, really the message. But I'm just need to take you on a journey so that you could begin to believe and expect and have faith for this whole idea better than ever. Because I don't want to send you out today with just a slogan or a New Year's resolution. I need you to, I need you to think of these words, these three words, better than ever as, a, a, as, as, as words from heaven. Our, our, our marching orders for 2023 that, that when they ask us, this will be our response better than ever because I'm not going to be stuck in the past. I'm not going to be stuck with the grief in the morning and the ash pile of my yesterdays. I'm not going to get stuck in the regress. Why? Because my God can work restoration in my life and, and make it better than it's ever better than it's ever been. Here, here's one thing that God has promised to restore in your life. Number one would be God will restore your health. Does anybody need any health? Does anybody need any healing today? Look at what Jeremiah 30, verse 17 says. It says, for I will restore health to you and heal your wounds. 
That's what God wants to do. In fact, he wants to make your health better than ever. Yeah, but I'm 70 years old. Don't matter. You don't have to die sick. You can die just like the Bible says. With a long life, he'll satisfy you. And sickness is not being satisfied. You can live a long life and be satisfied and just check out and bless your kids and say, I'm out of here. I'm done. Come on. That's the Bible. Jeremiah 33, 6 says, But I will most surely heal the wounds of this city and restore it and its people to health. I like that. God is in the business of touching cities. Come on, do it here. Come on, do it here in Clovis. Do it here in Fresno. Do it, do it there in Salinas. God says, I'll heal the wounds of this city and restore it and its people to health. I'll show them abundant peace and security. We need to believe that God can restore, make our health better than ever. Here, here's another one. God has promised to restore wealth. Two people want it. I said, God has promised to restore. Could anybody use some help from heaven? You're working pretty hard. You might as well get some God help. Right? Has anybody lost any wealth? Has anybody experienced any kind of financial misfortunes? Has the enemy stolen from anybody in this moment today? Has he kept you from prospering? Huh? Has he kept you from operating in abundance? Are you struggling in lack? Here's the word of the Lord. Quit talking your lack. Begin to talk your restoration. In Jeremiah verse 29, chapter 29, verse 13, it says, If you look for me wholeheartedly, you'll find me. I'll be found by you, says the Lord, and I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. One translation says, I'll restore your wealth. Uh, the first part of that says, but if you look, if you look for me wholeheartedly. So there is a condition, right? You can't serve God half-heartedly. You can't get up on Sunday and say, now, should I go to church or should I not go to church? You, you can't be that casual, complacent. Oh, getting quiet in here now. It's my job, though. I'm sit by God to get in your business so that we can have a great year. And you can't be a complacent Christian. You can't be a complacent believer and just give God half of your heart and expect God to do great things in your life. No, he's my number one. Come on, I said he's my number one. Come on, we're going somewhere this year, church. Come on, we're going to give God all we've got. We're going to honor him. We're going to value him. We're going to give him what he's asked for. It says in Amos chapter 9, verse 14, I will restore the fortunes of my people. So God restores wealth. He restores fortunes. Here's another one. God will restore your soul. This is important, especially the day we live in. Your mind and your emotions. People's minds and emotions are just so messed up. People's souls are being tormented by, by fear and worry. People can't sleep at night. People's minds are being tormented by anxiety and guilt and shame and worthlessness and discouragement. But, but, but that's where our God comes in. He's a God of, of restoration. I've come to tell somebody about some good news today. God wants to restore your soul. You wouldn't even have to drink as much if you just let God restore your soul. 
We wouldn't have to take the pills we're taking. We wouldn't have to drink the drinks we're drinking. We wouldn't have to be smoking the smokes we're smoking if we let God restore. Come on. Come on, God. God's got a better way. Psalms 23, 1 says, the Lord is my shepherd. Verse 3 goes on to say, and he restores my soul. Jeremiah 31, 25 says, I love this verse. I'll refresh tired bodies. Woo! I'll, I'll refresh tired bodies. Some of you need that right now. This is God's promise. I'll refresh tired bodies. Come on. You're not going to live life tired anymore. And he says, I'll restore tired souls. God is a restorer. Here's another one. God will restore your time. God will restore your time. Stay with me. I, I'm not going to be able to finish all my message. I've already, I've already figured that one out. We might have to get into the story next week. But this is an important one because this is where so many people are at. God restores time. In fact, it's in the story that we really see this revelation. We see this understanding. It's actually an example where God actually takes years that were squandered and wasted and eaten up and it restores them. God is a restorer of time. Man, I don't know about you, but when I hear that, that makes me want to weep. You, you mean to tell me I can get some, some time back? I, I can get some wasted years back? Come on. Come on. I know you all, Jesus' second cousins, and you've all lived perfectly, but for us who have kind of tripped here and there, and we've had some mess-ups, we need God to show up and to restore some, some time, some years. <laughs> uh, I, I know what's going on here. Some of you are just too young to really appreciate this. The, the, the value of restored time because you haven't lived long enough to feel the pain and the reality of lost years or wasted years. But the longer you live, I haven't lived real long. You know, I'm somewhere in my 40s. I got kids almost that age. Huh? The longer you live, the more, the more valuable this promise is to you. So if you're here today and you're thinking, man, if I could just go back and do that differently, you need to know that God is a God that will restore time Notice what Joel 2.25 says, So I'll restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the crawling locust. All these locusts, that, that, is, that, that, is, that is the enemy himself, and it's actually the stages of destruction in which he chews away your years. And God says, I'll restore to you the years that all these enemies have eaten away. Maybe you're here today and you feel like you have lost some time, some wasted years. Maybe you feel like you've, you've missed out on some, some opportunities. Listen, God can restore. Better than ever. I said, God, God can, God can restore to you lost years. It's not too late for God to do great things in your life. I said, it's not too late for God to do great. I said, it's not too late for God to do great things in your life. God who created time can give more of it back to you. God can take the time you still have and he can maximize it. Come on. God can do for you in a moment 
what you could never accomplish on your own in a lifetime. God restores time. Now, I could do this all day long and show you all kinds of things that God restores. We don't have time for that. So let me just, let me just end up with this number five that I have, just in case we haven't covered your issue yet of what you need to have restored. Uh, here's the fifth one. God will restore everything that you have lost. God will restore everything that you have lost. Whatever's been lost, God wants to restore it back. Notice what Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 2 through 3, it says, come back to God. That's a good start, huh? Another condition. You mean, you mean I got to do something? If you want God's participation in your life, it says, come back to God, your God, and obey him with your whole heart and soul according to everything that I have commanded you today. Notice what the promise is, God, your God. I like that. God, your God. God, your God. Come on. He's not just my God. He's your God, too. He's not just the preacher's God. Come on. He's, he's your God. He's not just the singer's God. He's your God. He's your God, and he wants to restore your life. God, your God will restore everything you lost. He'll have compassion on you. He'll come back and pick up the pieces from all the places where you were scattered. Notice what God says in this, this verse here. He says, you turn your heart towards me. You get involved in what I'm interested in. You begin to care about what I care about. And then you can begin to expect me to restore everything in your life. When you care about what God cares about, when you live your life for what God lives his life for, you can have an expectation. It's getting ready to be better, better than ever, because that's my God. He's a God of restoration. There's nothing the enemy has taken from you that God can't restore. Better than ever. God is a God of recovery. He recovers lost relationships. He recovers lost dreams, lost opportunities, lost prosperity, lost, lost success. And, and that's what brings us to this, this Shunammite woman because she has lost everything. And you're going to be shocked how she gets it all back plus because it can't be restoration if it's just the same next week. Come back and we'll finish this lesson. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I want to ask the worship team to come back. I, I, I should have known I couldn't finish it. I don't know what you're going to do in Salinas, but we're going to finish this up next week. We've laid the foundation. Somebody shout better than ever. I have a question for you, church. How you doing today? How's your finances? Oh, how's your wife doing? Some of you shouldn't have said anything. You don't have a wife. <laughs> how's your husband doing? Come on, how's your kids doing? Wow, how's your finances doing? How's your job doing? Hey, tell me how your pastor's doing. Whoa, glory to God. Hey, how about those Niners? Don't, don't lose the anointing right here. Don't lose the anointing. 
I'm excited about talking about this Shunammite woman. She doesn't, we're not given her name. She's just called the Shunammite woman because she lives in the city or the community of Shunam. It's a powerful, powerful woman of God, her and her husband, who made room for God. I'm going to close with this thought. It all started when they made room for God. That's what we're going to do this year, Celebration. Some of us have just been way too busy for God. Some of us have just been way too casual about our relationship with God. Listen, God can do more in your life, but you're going to have to give God more of your life. I'm not going to lie to you. God's not just going to pat you on the back and say it's all going to be okay if you're not willing to give God all of your life and more of your life. I'm concerned with our nation. I'm a concern with America. I'm concerned with what we see. And the only antidote, the only answer to that is a strong, powerful church. And it's time for the church to wake up. It's time for the church to be the church. It's time for the church to serve their God with all of their heart. This woman seen tremendous restoration in her life, but it all started when she made room for God. I'm here to tell you, as we make room for God this year, God's going to make room for miracles, for signs, for wonders, and I declare for complete restoration in your lives. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. There, possibly in Salinas too. Here's how we're going to close today. Tom, I think I want to sing that song, Abba. I think I want to sing that, okay? Bring the team up. And I told him it might be messy because I didn't know how, to, how we're going to do any of this. I didn't know if I'd get through my message. How many of you received something today? Did you get something today? How, how, many, of you, how, how many of you are ready for part two of this? It, it's, it's worth coming back. So next Sunday, you know, when you wake up, you don't say, are we going to go to church? No, no, we, we, that's, what, that's what Christians do. That's what we do. Well, should I lie? No, no, we don't lie. Christians don't lie. We, that, we don't do that, right? Hmm. Can I say this? Because along with this word, there came a powerful word into my life, and that's the reason why I need to just slow down. Gus, I, I, I really felt Gus said, slow down. You're, you're going to try to force this and and not only did God say to me better than ever in the month of November, but in the month of December, he followed it up. He says, I want you to tell the people. He says, first of all, I'm, I'm telling you, but January 1st, when you start this new year, and then you tell the people you pastor, you tell them the famine is over. And, and that's the big part of this story is that the story starts with a famine. It starts with a famine. Our, our text started. But the good news is, is that the famine in her life had an expiration date. It was seven years. I can show you seven years. I've studied every famine in the Bible. I can show you famines that lasted seven years, three years, shorter, longer, the different famines throughout the Bible. But God says, this famine is over. I, I don't know how many years it's been for you, 
This is very specific for things that I've gone through in my life. When God says, son, son this famine is over. Oh, Jesus. See, so maybe you don't know what a famine is. A famine is scarcity. A famine is struggle. A famine is survival. And God is saying, your surviving days are over. It's time to thrive. It's time to move forward. Your days of struggle are over. The days of scarcity, the famine is over. Somebody shout, the famine is over. Shout better than ever. So I don't know what yours has been. Maybe it's been seven. Maybe it's been three years. Maybe it's been two years. There was a, there was a famine through the prophet Elijah. It lasted three years. He says it's not going to rain. But thank God that had an expiration date. Three, three years later, it started to rain. And it started to rain because they prayed. Oh, we're going to pray around here. I said, we're going to pray around here. I, I don't know how long the struggle's been for you. Maybe a year, maybe six months, maybe three months, but I don't care how long it is. It's way too long. If it's three months or 20 years, I'm here to tell you the famine is, the struggle is, the scarcity is, the survival is over. Somebody shout over. It's come to an end. Our best days are ahead of us. It's better than ever. It's not a New Year's resolution. It is a prophecy. It is a declaration. Oh, I messed up. You've got to sing that. We're going to have to sing better than ever. Because I want to sing, we're going to prophesy. We're going to close this way. Can you do that? You shouldn't be smiling like that. I told you it might be messy. Mess with me, we'll sing hallelujah after that. Better than ever. Father, I just pray and I thank you. The famine's over. The famine is over. The struggle's over. The scarcity's over. Survival is over. Because you're a God of restoration. God, you are a God who's working in our lives to make it better than ever. May this God get on the inside of people and become the marching orders like never before for us as a family and us as a, as a people in a church up there in Salinas, here in Clovis, here in the valley, here on the west coast. God, let faith arise better than ever better than ever better better than ever expectation and spirit of faith touch your people today In Jesus name we pray amen and amen and amen and amen thanks for listening if this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus. 